Today's daf is daf Kufir Ches, page 118 in Meseches Yevamas. We got up to the Gemara. Let us do a quick repeat of the Mishnah on the bottom of Kufir Zayin Amadez, which is what we are basing our Gemara off of. All right? So the Mishnah uh, towards the bottom of the Amud, seven, eight lines from the bottom of Kufir Zayin Amud Bez, says the Mishnah. As Rashi explained to us yesterday, if you have two tsarais, two women go overseas with their husband, and they come back. One woman says, my husband's dead. The other woman says, no, he is not dead. The woman who says, my husband died, is permitted to remarry and collect her ksuba. The one who claims that her husband is not dead, she cannot remarry because she says her husband isn't dead. And she's not allowed to take her ksuba. So whatever you said, that's what we're going to follow. Okay. What if one Sara says, they both come back. One says, my husband died. Now, not only did he die, he died normally. They're both agreeing that he's dead. The question is how? Was he killed or did he die in the, in the regular fashion? Since they are possibly both lying because there's a possibility he is alive, nobody is allowed to remarry. Bottom line is, even though there's a third option and they very well may both be lying. See, in the first case of the Mishnah, one's, you, can't say, you, you, you can't say one of them is surely lying, right? Because, I'm sorry, you can't say both of them are surely lying because one says he's alive, one's dead, and he's either or. In this case, there's a possibility number three, and there is the possibility they're both lying. Hence, we don't accept them. That's the opinion of, of uh, Rabbi Mayor. However, Buter of Shimon saying no. Either way, since they both agree that the husband is six feet under, he is they are both Yinosu, they're both permitted to remarry. Instead of the co-wives coming and telling us about their husband, you have an Eid Echod coming and telling us about this, this Yid. And one says he died, and one says he did not die. We now turn to the top of today's daf. Uh, or a different woman, not a co-wife, says he died, and another woman says he does not die. He did not die. Under these circumstances, we do not permit her to remarry. Now, obviously, if you keep in mind what we learned the other day, what we learned yesterday, and that is, remember, once there's a Gemar Din, based upon the first testimony, you're going to need much stronger testimony to knock it off. So in, in, you know, in a number of these Mishnayis, um, a number of these cases... You're going to have to explain where there was no ruling given yet. Okay, this is where we got up to yesterday. Says the Gemara, Kuf second line. It's the reason why if one wife says that my husband died, another one say he, he did not die. The reason why she cannot remarry is because she didn't die. But let's say one wife says he died and the other one doesn't say anything. Okay. So Tinase, she can remarry because of the testimony of her co-wife. Now here's the problem. Do we trust the co-wife? Ah, Mehdik. Yeah, it is. If she's quiet, now hold on. Now Ravinsky is telling us according to that, it's kind of her own testimony. But assuming that that the death is coming based upon that one woman. So then, why, why are we permitting uh, the co-wife to remarry? We don't accept the testimony of a co-wife to, to, to remove 
the the marriage from the second wife. And so Gemara that the case of Laimes is the Khirish. I would have thought to say is that she um she also believes that he's dead or she knows that he's dead. But the Kama in the case of the Mishnah, one one co-wife said he died, the other co-wife says he didn't die. Why did she say he didn't die? Maybe she agrees he died. However, the Kakula the she was just trying to ruin the uh, the, the ability to remarry for the second wife. Meaning, I don't like you, so I'm going to make you an aguna. Vitomos nafshi implishtim kamra, which nebuch is something that people do. This is coming from Shimshon Agibar, right? Where they were they were making sport with him, and uh, and he had lost his his uh, superpowers, we'll call them, until finally one time he was in the Colosseum and he he davened to Hakadosh Baruch. He says, "I know this is going to put the end of my life, but let me collapse the pillars." And all the them will die, and I will die with them. So this woman saying, granted that I won't be able to remarry, but at least my co-wife won't be able to remarry either, which unfortunately many people are willing to, uh, what's the expression? Cut uh, off their nose to spite their face. Right, that's exactly what this woman is doing. Kamash okay. therefore the, the Mishnah lets us know that even in this case, um, we do not say that logic, and she is not allowed to remarry. Beautiful, period, two dots. Then the Mishnah said, Achad oimeres mace. If one co-wife says he died normally, another one says he was killed. The live like Rav Meir Reb says the Gemara, you know, Rav Meir says, when one woman says he died regularly, the other one woman says he was killed, since they're contradicting each other, they both are not allowed to remarry. Ask the Gemara, the live like Reisha, in the Reisha as well, what, why does Rav Meir make a difference? Ask the Gemara, Amar Ablaz, Rav Machleika, Shnuya, Rav Yehuda, Rav Shimonhi. You're right. Rav Meir will hold the, the same thing is true in the first case. Um, and uh, by a machlaikas, Rav Meir's statement was learned for Abu Rav Shimini and the halacha of, of, um, of um, permitting to remarry is really the halacha of Rav and Rav Shimini. Rav Meir Taka would argue. Rav Eichen says no. There's a difference between the Reisha where one says he's died, one says he didn't die, and the Seifa, where they both agree he's dead, and they're arguing about how he died. What's the difference? I feel the Tamer of Meir, you could even say, the ratio follows Rav Meir, Baha Fila Rav Meir, Maida, when, wife, when one wife says that he's dead, the other wife said he's, he's, he's not dead, there Rav Meir will hold that you could remarry to Chol Lai Meis Isha. Because at any time you say he didn't die when it comes to an Aguna, Lav HaChoshahi, we're not going to consider that to be hakhasha. And we're going to say that the husband Taka did die. Says the Gemara, one second. Rabbi Yechelen, how can you say so? Rabbi Yechelen is saying a major chiddush. Rabbi Yechelen says that Rabbi Meir will agree that any time um, somebody says about a husband, about a man, that he didn't die, and therefore this woman is not allowed to remarry, as long as somebody else said he did die, we're not going to recognize that he didn't die. We're going to still going to allow her to remarry. So, what do you mean? Tonight we learned in our Mishnah. One minute says he died, one minute says he didn't die. Isha marries, Isha marries, Lamis. Or a woman says he died, another woman says he didn't die. Raise like Tinase. You're not allowed to remarry. You could be machish. You could argue on a, uh, a, a testimony that came to permit her remarriage. Now, Bishma, the Rabbi Lazar, makes sense according to the opinion of Rabbi Lazar, stomacher of Meir. We say the plain Mishnah is the opinion of Rabbi Meir, according to Rabbi Echenon. 
who holds that, that no matter what, if a woman receives testimony that she's allowed to remarry, nobody can go ahead and argue. Sakasha, we taka have a question, answers the Gemara. Nakasha, you're right, it's a question. Beautiful. Okay. Now, when the Gemara leaves off like this, as we say, right? It's not a tiyufta. It's not, an, it's, it's, we didn't uproot anything. We didn't necessarily refute anything. But it's a question that it, we're, we're kind of left with and we're going to need to grapple with. But it's, it's not strong enough a question to, to change the actual halacha. Fine. Next mission. Ha'isha shahochihiu bala lamdina sayam. A woman goes with her husband. Overseas, Ubab Amr Bali, she comes back. She went, they went off as a beautiful couple on a uh, honeymoon. And she comes back and says, My husband died. It's no reason not to believe her. We'll allow her to remarry and collect her ksuba. But her co wife is not allowed to remarry based on her testimony, right? Because again, we don't trust a co wife because since there's animosity between the two of them. But if she's going to marry herself, yeah. isn't that. Megala that the husband really did die because she's not gonna, she's not saying anything about the co-wife. She's she's not gonna create mamzerim on herself in order to try and get the. Well, maybe she would. All right, never mind. So I think I hear what you want to say, and I think the response here is over here. This woman is really not risking much by saying what she's saying. Because what if she knows this halacha? Yeah. Right? What if she knows the halacha? That she's going to believe for herself and not believe for her tzara. So since she's believed for herself and not believed for her tzara, so th- there's minimal risk because she's going to say, if, she, if there's real animosity, so she's going to allow her, she'll be allowed to remarry and her tzara is still going to remain in aguna. Right, so she's not. She, if the husband's really dead, she's not. Uh, she's not risking much over here. Okay, now If let's say that Sarah was a lot of married the kain, she could keep eating truma because since ready for this, here's what here's what happens. If two women marry to a kain, one wife comes back and says our husband died. She can remarry. Can her co-wife remarry? No. That means we're considering her to still be married to the Kohen. And since we're considered her, considering her to still be married to the Kohen, she's allowed to eat truma. Okay. Says Rabbi Akiva that um, even though we're not going to trust her <clears throat> to allow her co-wife to marry, because perhaps there's a lot of meanness happening over here, still, as far as eating shuma, we are going to accept that testimony. Okay? We're going to accept testimony for part of it, which we're going to have to explain. What if a woman comes back with her husband and she says like this, she says, my husband passed away and then my father-in-law passed away. She could remarry and get her ksuba. But her mother-in-law is going to be forbidden to remarry. Because again, we don't accept the testimony of a daughter-in-law about the mother-in-law. If the mother-in-law was married to a kayin and she was Yisraelis, she could keep eating truma. That's consistent with Rabbi Tarfin. Rabbi Tarfin, but Rabbi Kiva, consistent with his reasoning, says no. You can kind of split up the testimony, uh, ha- make some of the 
testimony effective and some of it not, and therefore, Okay, you need a you need the test the, the same testimony um, accomplishing both. Says the Gemara Utricha, we need to know the machlek as both between Rabbi and Rabbi both in the Reisha and the Seif. Again, it seems to be the same thing, except in the Reisha was a case where a co-wife was testifying about the death of their husband, and in the second case there was a daughter-in-law testifying about the death of her husband as well as her father-in-law. So Utricha, I need both machleks and the Mar HaKamaisib, he would only said the, said the case about the Tzara, maybe over there, um, Rev, uh, Rev Tarfin has a logic, he'll say, you know why there's hatred? Because she directly, my co-wife directly, causes me Tzaras, hence the actual name. We are Tzaras to each other. And since we're mamish taurus, there's more svara. That there's more logic to say. I'll I'll, I'll uh, cut off my nose to uh, to spite my face. Where you know the annoyance is really outside the about other matters, not internal in the relationship. They're not fighting over the same husband. They're just you know whatever uh, people sticking their nose in the wrong places. Uh, Maybe Rebbe Tarfan would agree with Rebbe Akiva, and we should even permit the the wife to remarry and uh, or um, and or take the ksuba. Vietmar Baha, and if we only said the case of the mother-in-law Baha, come Rebbe Akiva. That's where Rebbe Akiva says that you need to trust the testimony as far as Shuma is concerned. but by the tzara, I would say that you could keep eating truma like Reb Darfin, Tzricha, therefore each one has its own Chiddush, hence we need the Machlaikas in both places. I'm Revita Shmuel, Revita says, in the name of Shmuel, Halacha Kirebi Tarfain. The Halacha is like Rebbe Tarfin, we are Mekel, we are lenient, and she is, um, uh, if we're not going to allow this other woman to remarry, the co-wife or the mother-in-law, the Halacha is, she's allowed to continue eating truma. Okay. Amr Abaye, Abaye says, Afanani Namitanini, you should know. Rev Yehuda is quoting Shmuel the Amira to say we passing like Reb Tarfin. However, you should know that it's explicitly in a Mishnah. If you have a couple that goes traveling and the wife comes back, she says, Oh, look, I have a, I had a baby. And then unfortunately, my son died and then my husband died. So is there Yibam here? Yeah, yeah there's Yibam, because at the time of the husband dying, there's no kids. So Allah is Ne'emenes, she's trusted, because she's trusted about the child, we don't know about the child, so she's trusted as well about the, the order of death. Bali Vachach says, my husband died first, and then my son died, and therefore I'm not a Yavama, because at the time that my husband died, I had a child. Eina Ne'emenes, we do not believe her. Okay, she cannot marry anybody else until she receives chalitza. Fine. The chayshin However, we're concerned about that. Maybe she's, you know, uh, for her words, what she's saying is truth. The chaylatz is Therefore, we say you're not, you're not allowed to do yibum, but you're obligated to do chalitza. Her words were were, were suspect in but the. The words of her tzara, her co-wife, we are not concerned about Shema Minah, 
So you see him from here, Halacha ke Rebbe Tarfain. The Halacha follows, uh, follows Rebbe Tarfain. What does she gain? What would she gain In which by, case? By lying to say that, that, um, um, that she would fall in Yibam. If she doesn't want to do Yibam, she could just refuse. Well, she could say, if someone. She says, Ainu writes that, and then, yeah, then she would do Chalitza with that. She doesn't want Chalitza. Maybe she wants to still be married to Kayan. I don't know. Uh, yeah, she doesn't want that. Right. Yeah, she just says, I'm a regular widow. I'm out of here. I, I, I don't need anything else. Maybe that's what she prefers. Okay, fine. So, Shmamina, so you see from here, it says Abaye that Shmuel is correct and halacha kerb tarfin, but not necessarily because of Shmuel's statement, but because we learned it from our Mishnah. Okay, we now turn to the top of Kofi Chasam and Bez, the last Omud in the 15th parak of. Of uh, Yevamus, here we go. Kiddish achas mi chomish noshim v'ini dea ezu kiddish. Oy veizmer. This happened. When? This happened when I was a bacher in Eretz Yisrael. What happened? I, I think it happened. Let's yeah. made it up. That someone threw money or whatever it was into a bus of Beis Yaakov girls and said, "Hare Yaakov Kiddish asli." Yeah, he doesn't know who it is. They don't know who. Okay. That's what they said. I was, it could have been just a okay. story to scare us. I don't or, maybe, <laughs> or maybe that was a case made up to understand our mission. <laughs> if you married, you acquired Kedushin. Step one of marriage, not Nisun. One of five women, you're not sure which one of the five. And each one says, ooh, 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 I'm the wife. I'm the wife. Yeah. Or, he had a lot of, or what, rich. Yeah, they, they, they could collect the from him, right? Nice and get the cholachas va'achas. So he gives a get to each and every one. And he doesn't have to give a full ksuba to each one. He puts down the amount of one ksuba total. And they could, uh, yeah, that's right. And they, uh, they fight it out. Gets out of there. This is the opinion of Reb Tafer. Reb says, no. This is not the way to remove yourself from possible avera or from actual avera. get You need to give the full value. You need to give again, as well as the full value to each and every individual woman. Also, somebody steals from one of five people. He doesn't know which one he stole from. Each one says, "Hey, you took twenty bucks from me." He could put them twenty dollars in between them and let them figure it out. This is the opinion of Rabbi Tarfin. Rabbi Kiva says, He's got to give the $20 back to each and every one. Says the Gemara, okay, basically we have two similar financial uh, matters. One dealing with the obligation of Ksuba, one dealing with the obligation to return money. And each one uh, has the same machlaikas, but obviously each one's going to be giving us a bigger chiddush, so a uh, different chiddush, so we'll get into that, Bez Hashem. Says the Gemara, Kidesh katani ba'al lagatani. The Mishnah says, if he did kiddushin on one of these, you know, he's not sure which woman, but there's five, he did kiddushin, but it doesn't say if he had relations with one of the five women. Notice that, the Gemara is making a diak, what to notice. And also, Gozel Katani, it says, when he steals money, Lokach Lai Katani. But it's not talking about where he took an item 
to purchase from one of them and he's not sure who he owes the money to. It's only when it's stealing. So money masnison. Who is the Tana of our Mishnah that's limited to these specific cases? Like Tanakama, like Rav Shimon Lazar. It's not the Tanakama and it's not the opinion of Shimon Lazar. Let's consider opinions. The Tana Lenter Brysa. Rav Shimon Lazar, Rav Shimon Lazar, Zanachu Rav Tav from Rabbi Akiva. They only argue when there's five women. You're not sure which one you marry. Shemini Achsuba Vinei Mustalek. They can put a chuba between them and let them figure it out. Amach and Achlegu. Where's their Amach? Like this Al Shabal when he had relations with one of them. So Reb Tarfon, Reb Tarfon says, "Vini Achsuba Vinei Mustalek." You could place a chuba in between them and then uh, get out of there, right? Why? Because you could go prove, go prove that you're the one who you owe money to. The Kibar Mekiba says, "No, Adsham Cholachas Vachas." You got to pay each one individually. Okay? Now, as we're going to see, Rabbi Kiva actually is holding that we're unusually strict with this guy. Why are we going to be unusually, by financial matters, you want it, go prove it. Why are we being unusually strict with this guy? So logic for Rabbi Akiva is that... Um, if you married a woman through intercourse and you don't even know afterwards who you had intercourse with, that is, that is such a injustice, is that a word? Is that a, a, indignity to, to, to women that you, whoever this woman is, you better make sure that you're paying her the full value. It's now on you, it's on you now, to, if you were the one who decided to get married in this way, it's on you to make sure she's receiving the, the full amount. That's not on her to prove anything. Okay. And there's also no no where you, let's say you purge something, you're not sure who you purge it from. Over there, you can put the money down because, you know, let whoever sold it to you figure it out. Excuse me. The Machlekes says, where you stole. Shama Reb Tarfin. Reb Tarfin says, You can put the Gzela between them, and walk away. Why? Because that's the max amount that you owe over here. Reb Akiva says, no. You're going to have to uh, pay it back to each and every one. Why? Similar to marrying a woman with intercourse. You're a thief now. You're the one responsible to make sure whoever you took it from, you don't know who it is, but whoever you took it from is going to get back the full value. between Ritarfin and uh, Rabbi Akiva. Money, who's the Tana of, uh, of that uh, statement? We should say the case is where he was Makadeshir and he bought her, but not in the case where, uh, excluding the case of Gzela. We should talk about the case of Be'ila and Gzela, because in those cases, there's extra reasons to penalize him for stealing and for marrying this woman with intercourse. But through regular Kedushans, any reason to knas uh, him, to pay everybody back? No. Sigmar says wrong. Really, the Tana of our Mishnah could be Rosh Hashanah Lazar. Um, what does it mean? Kiddush, Kiddush, Bebiya. 
Kiddush Bia, right? Ha'isha Niknis Bekesef Shtar Ubiya. Bia is not necessarily the moving in and the and the intercourse for Nesuin. If you have Bia L'Shem Kedushin for the purpose of just the acquisition, so um, th- that's what Kiddush that, that's what Kiddush here can mean, and that's why you'd be obligated. Now, Tana Kiddush L'Diyecha Kaychad Rabbi Kiva. That the Shimon Lazar used the word Kiddush to teach us the power of Rabbi Kiva. The Afal Gav the Iser Abanan Avad Kanes. Even though we're dealing with only an Isser, the Rabbanon still, we're going to Kanasim. We're going to place a fine on him to pay back uh, each one of them. To teach us leniency of Rabbi Tarfin, where even though it's a biblical transgression of stealing, we're still not going to Kanas him in that case. Period. End of the Gemara. Next, Mishnah. A woman, husband, and child go together overseas. Boss of Amra, and she comes back from overseas and she says, First my husband died and then my son died. Is there any Yibam? No. Now Menas, we believe her, we trust her, not only that they died, but also on the order of death. V'chayshin ledvara. However, she says, first my son died, and then my husband died, so now she's setting her set up, she's, she's setting herself up for evil. So what's the halacha? Okay. Why? See, here's the deal. Since she went overseas with a child, we, we, the, whenever there's a kid, there's an automatic assumption that we've already, we're, we're, we're done with Tairas Yibam. There's not going to be Yibam that's happening anymore in this person's life. Right? If you have somebody, if anybody here has siblings, let's say all your siblings are married with kids. Enter your mind, there's ever going to be a Yibam or Chalitza needed with your spouse because there's going to be a time perhaps where the children, Chas Shalom. No, you're not there, right? So when the woman goes overseas with the husband and the child, there's an automatic chazaka that there's no yibum. And if she wants to go come ahead on her own and break that chazaka and create yibum, we say, Okay, we're not going to allow you to do yibum. However, we are going to obligate chalitza. Uh, and therefore we do chalitza without yibum. Okay. Let's say you have a couple that goes overseas and says, I gave birth to a child, and then the child died, and then my husband died, and that menace, we believe her. Fine. She says, we were overseas, I had a baby, then my husband died, and then my son died. So now, when she went overseas, what was there a chazaka? Of Yibam. Now she's coming back and she's trying to change that chazaka by saying my husband died first and there's no yibum. So in this case as well, we don't believe her fully to break that chazaka, but we are concerned about her words and therefore we say chalitza, no yibum. And so a woman travels and she says that... Um, my husband had a brother born while we were gone, and therefore there's a mitzvah of Yibam. Oh, oh, um, I lost the place, I'm sorry. Okay. Amra, 
So she has like this. Ready? I went overseas on a honeymoon with my husband to his family. And his mom is such a beautiful simcha. My mother-in-law gave birth to a baby. So now I had a yavam that was born to the world. Now we weren't aware of this possibility of yavam without her. But she says a yavam is now born. Okay? And then what happens? She says, my husband died. So there was Yibam. And then my Yavam died. And therefore there's no Yibam anymore. Actually, you there everybody else. Yavmi. Or if she says, first my Yavam died. In all these cases, Nemenes. In all these cases, we believe her. Why? Because of the Chazaka that we know her in is going back to what it originally was. She'ein... Um, in an in a woman's not believed to say my Yavam died so she can marry the rest of the world and we also don't believe her to say that her sister died so that she can marry her sister's husband a man is also not believed to say that my brother died and therefore there should be Yibam and also uh, a man's not trusted to say my wife died and now we're going to permit him to marry her sister. Okay? We're not going to do such a thing because you know two sisters are not allowed to marry in a lifetime. Maybe he just had his eyes on the sister. So he said like this, a man comes back from overseas, they were married, he comes back and says my wife was killed. So he's permitted to marry another woman, okay? because I mean Midaraisa for sure, but I guess even Midarabonon, right? Uh, however, the wife's sister... We're not going to allow uh, allow a marriage to. Bomenei Rav Amir Nachman Rav asked the question, searching for information from Rav Nachman. Hamizake get liyeyeyishtoi a person who's mizake get to his wife. What does it mean? He didn't directly give it to her. There's a rule. Zochin ladam shayibafanov. You could benefit somebody even if they're not there. So he gave the get to somebody else as a messenger for the wife. B'makam yavam mahu. In a place of Yibum Mahu. What is the halacha? So first he gives a get to his wife. Now, through a messenger. Now, if not for the get, there would be a halacha of Yibum because there's, there's no child. Okay? So here's what happens. Let, get before he died, correct. But it hadn't been given over yet, then he dies. Correct. Correct. You're allowed to appoint... Uh, so this guy wants his wife for whatever reason. Uh, not for whatever, we know the reason. He want, they don't have kids. So he's on his deathbed. And he, he realizes his end is near. So he takes a messenger and he says, accept the get from my wife. This way she'll be divorced from me by the time I die and there won't be a mitzvah of Yibam. She's not going to be stuck in the Yibam situation. Kivan desanile zuchos hula. Since she doesn't like the Yavam, we say being the, in general, right, people don't like the, the Yavam we're saying. So it's a schos for her, and therefore it's a valid get. Since there's, there's times where the widow, the current widow, or, you know, if she was divorced, then maybe she doesn't have a status of widow, but basically, you know, this, this, this uh, dead guy's wife, there's times where she likes her Yavam. So, you know, she might say, I, I would have preferred you didn't accept the get. 
this way, my brother-in-law would be obligated to choose between Yibam or Chalitza. And you can't um, obligate somebody if, they're, if they don't give you their go-ahead. Okay? The go-ahead. You could only you could only be zocha. You can only do something without their permission if it ob- if it objectively will benefit them. But if it not if it won't necessarily benefit them, you can't act as their messenger. Okay. So this guy this guy's on his deathbed and he's sending a get to his wife because he doesn't want her to be a yavam a yavama. Says the Gemara, does that work or do we say some women want to be yavamas? This way, they'll be able to marry their brother-in-law. They like their brother-in-law. And therefore, him appointing the messenger does not work on her behalf. That's the Shiloh. We learned in our Mishnah, we're concerned about her words, and therefore we do Chalitza, and we do not do, uh, we do, not do Yibam. And um, uh, according to this Svara, according to this logic, you see that when somebody is passing away and he gives his uh, he gives his wife a get, what do we say? Chalitza no yibum because you're right. It's like an uncertain type of situation, and um, and uh, since it's an uncertain type of situation, we're going to allow it to be valid where she can't marry him anymore. But but we're going to still obligate the chalitza just in case it was a chayv. A person gives a get to his wife when he's not getting along. See, he's on his deathbed. They don't have kids. And now he's about to die. So he sends a get to his wife. Since they don't like each other anyway. So this messenger is like It's certainly uh, to her benefit. Yeah. Maybe even though the wife doesn't like the husband and they don't get along and they don't have shalom bias, still, just the fact that she's able to be married is enough for her to not want somebody else to start divorcing her if she's not there or if she didn't give the go-ahead. Tav of tamdu, of Very good. Right? Which means better to be uh, with somebody else than to be left a spinster. Okay. So that's the Shilas. The Gemara says, Tashma, come and listen. It's better uh, for a woman to live with somebody else, even if she's not getting along so great, than to live alone. And therefore, if to uh, send a messenger without her knowledge that she's receiving a get is going to be considered a chayv and the... the the messenger is not going to be valid. Abai Yom Rabai says, Dishum Shimona Gavram Korsei Bei Charosa Ramulam. So let's take this step by step. This is interesting. Dishum Shimona Gavra. If the Gever, if the husband is as small as a seed, or as small as an ant. Two different ways to translate this. Korsei Becharosa Ramula. Okay. So you know what she does? She, uh, she considers herself, because she's married, she still considers herself to be tall as a building. That's basically what it means, right? It's not a matter of how cool her husband is, just the fact that she just got married 
is in and of itself something chashafer. Rav Papa Amar, Rav Papa says, the Natspa Gavra, if you have somebody whose husband has a type of uh, living that is shunned. It's a shunned type of living. It's a very, very uh, tough time. So, huh? Combs wool. Combs wool. Yeah, it's like a smelly job. Right? Yeah. Right. So, so you'd think, so you'd think like, you know, maybe she's a little embarrassed by that. Tikri besefe bava betesev. Still, the wife is going to call her husband over very proudly and show everybody that she's married to him. Ravashi Amar Ravashi says the kulsa gavra when uh, a, a man when, when a woman marries a guy who's got shvachayichus kulsa gavra yeah he's, it's uh, you know whatever it's not so clear who exactly who his parents are yeah lekidra so um, he uh, you know even in such a case she's not going to expect too much of him because she's just proud enough. To be married. This all just falls in line with, when it comes to marriage, a woman very strongly prefers to be married to somebody who's not, uh, you know, so mutzlich, um, not so successful, or than to be than to be left alone. Tana, we learned in a brisa, v'chulon mezanos v'toylos bibaleim. And and uh, even though they're proud, you ready for this? They still need other avenues of um, of uh, attention. They need other avenues of attention, and uh, you know. Then they come back and they say that it's all it's all to their husbands. They take care. That's how they they take care of it. You know, my, uh, this is a, a little bit different, but something that my mother Zechariah Levracha would equip to me from before before Tana. This is going back to. Uh, she says that there's. Uh, she, she used to teach kalas. She would teach kalas, and there are there are. She says very often wives complain their husbands aren't home enough. Yeah, I want you to be home more. I want you to do more. So she would tell the kala, tell the kala, that's nice. But I want to. I just want to explain how men work, and th- and you have a choice. You have a choice. You can either have a ninety percent man. 10% of the time or a 10% man 90% of the time that's your choice you're not getting a 90% man 90% of the time it's not going to happen right somebody who's out there tutzich doing eh? okay you want 90% man fine realize that the way men are he'll be home 10% of the time or or 10% that, that's, that, that was the like you know the the choice that she would mention is the Metzias, just, you know, when it comes to men. As, as Shlomo Soroka would, would, would quip, when the, when the going gets tough, the men go to shul. That's what he would say. The going gets tough. <laughs> the tough get, you know, the men go to shul. All right. Hadron Allah Isha Sholem. Her sons. Huh? What about your mother's sons? My mother's sons. <laughs> We're all different. We're all different. I go crazy. Are you kidding me? My, I mean, my wife knows. She like, she she's like on. If I whenever like I'm home helping out. I mean, I try. I try to be home as much as I can, but like she knows she's like on the clock. I go if I'm home for like more than like ninety minutes at a time. I'm like, 
going out of my mind. Like, I just like, I feel like I'm in prison, you know, like, ah, like you want help? I just need a half hour and I can come back. I can come back. I just need to like, you know, go out and give a sheer, work on a speech, do something, talk to somebody and I can come back. But I, like more than 60 to 90 minutes, I can't. It's like, it's like being locked inside. Hadron Allah Isha Sholem. Hadron Allah Isha Sholem. Hadron Allah Isha Sholem. Everybody finished the 15th parak of Masachis Yavamas. Bez Hashem tomorrow. Same time, hopefully from Yerushalayim, we will pick up with Daf Kuf Yudtes in Meseches Yavamis as we continue in this last week of this Heliga Meseches for Daf Yaimi. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.